gosh, am I in the right mic? Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Um, hang on one second. I want to make sure listening to the right mic, watching on the right screen. This is Latasha Martin, and if, if this is the first time you've ever watched me on live stream, I just wanted to let you know a little bit about these mornings. They're morning motivational moments for our collaborators on Connect, Collaborate, Create. But my name is Latasha Martin, and what I do occupationally is I'm a career agent. So I help people to navigate their career by sitting in a driver's seat, by helping them to get clarity and understand where they think that your strengths are and then how to create a plan to get there. My tongue feels a little tied this morning and I'm not really sure. Maybe God is telling me to slow down. So anyways, um, today's topic is called the things that make you say, hmm, the things that make you say, hmm. So at first I was going to make it just all about a, a celebration and a testimony, but I really um, want you guys to look to the book of Jonah. It's in the Old Testament, which means that this is when, again, people had the opportunity to hear directly from God, but they didn't necessarily have a Bible and they also did not have Jesus. So let me go ahead and pray for us. And then we'll jump into our message today about the topic of the things that make you say, hmm, dear God, we thank you so much for bringing us together one more time. Dear Lord, we thank you for providing us with so many opportunities to just celebrate who you are. Dear God, I thank you so much for being a consistent God whose word cannot return void. Dear Lord, I pray that anyone who hears this message takes a little time to get to know more about you so they can understand more about who they are created to be so that they can begin or continue to put their full yes on the table, even though they don't understand the journey beyond step one. And for some people who don't even understand step one, I pray that their act of blind obedience um, is referenced with the word of God about what you say we are, what you remind us that we're called to do, and then how we're to walk this thing out. And so dear God, I thank you for all these things. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 So again, today's title is called The Things That Make You Say, Hmm. I'm actually going to reference my pink Bible. At first, I was just going to just, I don't, I don't want to say wing it because I always go into prayer before I come into this space. Uh, I really do because I always want to make sure that the loudest voice that you hear or that you're reminded of is that of God. But let me go into the book of Jonah. And again, like I said, Jonah is in the Old Testament. And this is so funny because I'm like, I just saw that. Where was it? Okay, so let's go to it. So Jonah is sandwiched between Obadiah and the book of Micah. It is a very small book in the Bible. Very small book. Like uh, even in a bigger print, it might be a whole whopping two pages because there's only four, uh, four chapters in the book. And they're not that long. So you literally could read the book of Jonah in one sitting. But I would challenge you before you did that, because um, if you're reading the book of Jonah, you really have to be open to God. Why are you bringing me to Jonah? And what does the story of Jonah mean for me? Because as a little kid, you hear about um, they'll say, 
I don't know the beginning of the song, but they'll be like, he was three long days like in the whale and then he was spit out by the whale and Jonah, whatever. But Jonah is a really good book in the Bible. If you um, are frustrated with your assignment or your call or God calls you intentionally to do something and in your resistance, whatever your resistance is, your resistance could be, I don't know why you want me to do this for them. Your resistance could be, I don't know why you're calling me to this because um, I thought I moved past that. Your resistance could mean I've been trying to do things the right way and like nobody's listening. Like your resistance could come for a whole host of reasons. But the book of Jonah for me was actually hilarious. So I'm going to share a testimony with you. And the reason that I'm titling this, the things that make you say, hmm, is because as this whole story unfolded, I referenced the book of Jonah. So I want to go back to a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was introduced to some a person or a couple. And I was all excited because, as I mentioned to you guys, there's some different things happening with my business. And I'm like, oh, yes, here's a great opportunity. So I was all excited about this opportunity until God spoke. So I had everything. I went business as usual. I did everything I was supposed to be doing and I put everything together and I delivered this to this couple. They were like, yes, let's go forward. And I was all excited. And then a few days went by and I was supposed to have a conversation with them. And God was like, don't do it that way. Do it this way. And I was like, "Mm -mm. nope, nope, nope. This is my imposter syndrome. This can't possibly be true. This cannot be the voice of God speaking to me because I thought I heard you when I met with this couple and I thought that this is how you were going to have me work with them for a number of reasons. I was even rejoicing like, oh yes, this is how this is going to turn out. Oh yes, this is so exciting. And it was like, the more I resisted, the more the voice got louder and louder and louder to the point where I'm like, well, I'm not sending that message in an email, a text message, because I don't want it in print in case you change your mind. So I'm not going to tell them this until I meet with them. And so I was thinking about the book of Jonah. So let me give you guys the, the clips version, you know, the cliff note version of Jonah. So Jonah was told by God to go to the city of Nineveh to tell them about who God was, that they needed to accept God into their lives or Nineveh would be destroyed. Jonah was like, oh, heck no, I'm not going to go. He decides I'm going to go to a different place, Tarshish. So he goes down, he pays the fare, gets on the boat. He goes and goes to sleep. Now, this is the part of Jonah that kind of like like opened my eyes this morning when I was reading it again, studying. When I was reading this part about Jonah going to sleep, what it helped me to realize is Jonah had made a decision in his mind and he was okay with it. And he was so okay with it that he had moved on to what he was going to do. But what Jonah didn't realize is his disobedience was going to impact other people around him. And so the first part of what I'm sharing with you is if God is calling you to do something, whether it's in the world, whether it's in ministry, whether it's with relationships, no matter what God is calling you to, 
you have to recognize that God does give us this beautiful thing called choice. And you can choose to respond to what God is calling you to, or you could say, no, I don't care what God says, or I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. And then I'm done with it. So you might figuratively go to sleep because you've put that idea, that concept to rest like Jonah. But then what you might start to realize is things are happening all around you because of your disobedience. And instead of you looking at you and saying, where am I not obeying? You might be looking at, nah, nah, like it's supposed to happen that way for that person because like, this is what they did. And this is what they did. So they deserve that. And I'm tired of being a person that's always coming in as the savior. So maybe that's your mindset, right? So you've put that item to bed, meaning that you're no longer dealing with that because you're done with it because you've moved on like Jonah. Jonah went to sleep. So while people on the boat were like freaking out because this storm got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, Jonah was chilling, like sleeping, like done with it. So he thought. So the people on the boat were like, okay, uh, Jonah, you told us that you got on this boat because you were trying to like do something you weren't supposed to be doing. We're like in the middle of the storm. We feel like we're going to die. So let's cast lots. So casting lots was basically uh, pulling straws, right? So whoever got the short end of the straw was like, okay, you're the problem. So they cast the lots. And of course, Jonah is the ideal, duh. He's the person that they're like turning to. And now they're faced with a challenge because Jonah's like, yep, it's me. Like, I'm the reason for the crazy chaos on the boat. So throw me over. Now, the dilemma for the people around him are um, they don't understand that he serves and hears from the big G God. And they're saying call on the little G God because they don't really recognize what's really going on. And so Jonah's like, just just throw me off the boat. Like, you know, like just that's what you got to do. Right. So now they're freaking out. And so what God is bringing me to is as you're in your disobedience, when you've put something to bed, the question is, hey, what impact is that having on people who are around you? Like, is that is your choice having an impact on people around you? And so for me, when I was thinking about this, you know, when God gave me this word, there were a number of other things that started to happen. Um, and I believe I was the common denominator. So there were other things that were happening and I was the common denominator. So it was caught is causing chaos in other areas of our life. Good morning, Adeline, like other areas of the life, like there's chaos happening because of my disobedience. So finally, <laughs> like Jonah, um, like I said, they throw Jonah off the boat. The storm calms. There's a big fish. A lot of people say a, a whale. But it doesn't say a whale in the word of God. It says a big fish swallows up Jonah. So Jonah's now in the belly of this big fish. And, you know, I want to put in context, you know, because I think when I know growing up, when I would hear the story of, of, you know, Jonah and the whale, you would think like he was just chilling in the whale. Like when you see pictures of Jonah, like in the whale, you see him sitting there like, oh, I'm good. I'm hearing from God and I'm going to now obey God as I'm sitting here in this on my lifeboat in the belly of the big fish chilling. But that's not really what was going on. Like, think about the morbid picture. Like if you're in the belly of anything, it's kind of disgusting because there's all these other things. Like when the belly of the big fish, it 
like engulfed Jonah, like there was other stuff too. Now in God's grace, he was preserving Jonah because Jonah was trying, had to learn a lesson in the belly of the whale or the belly of the big fish. But there was other junk around him. And sometimes in life, like as you're in the belly of the big fish and the junk of life is all around you, messing up your, your ability to think straight, you could be just mad about your situation in the belly of the big fish. You're not saying, maybe if I'm obedient, like my circumstances and my situation will change. Like that's just not how um, I would say most people respond when now you're in the in the belly or in the midst of it, right? When you're in the midst of the stuff. Maybe for some of you, the pandemic is the midst of your stuff, right? Just junk stuff in the middle of it. You're just in this pandemic, mad about it. That's you in the belly. And and so, so finally, Jonah, he concedes, right? He concedes and says, okay, like I will do what I'm, I'm going to do. Like, okay, like I'm ready to go to Nineveh, not realizing the fish was headed towards Nineveh anyways, because sometimes God has to forcefully put us in the direction of what we're supposed to do. And so I think back to that situation with this individual, this couple that I met, and this is what I said to them. So wrong. I was like, listen, <laughs> God told me to bless you. And it doesn't make sense to me. I even had a conversation with God and I was like, God, like, I don't even know them. So why would you have me bless them? Like, why God, like, why are you asking me to bless somebody when you know my situation? You know, I've been like declaring and excited about the testimony of meeting this couple and all of this doing, and I'm all excited about stuff. And it was like, the voice just got bigger. So I'm saying this to these people. Like, I'm like, listen, God told me to bless you and I'm going to, because I'm going to be obedient, but I'm just being honest with you. I don't understand it and I don't agree with it, but I'm agreeing, I'm a whatever. And even as I was talking to them, I said, but you know what? I'm not going to be Jonah because I don't want to be swallowed up in the big fish. And I'm not going to be Jonah because I don't want to go to Tarshish. I'm still reluctantly going to Nineveh and I'm going to do what God said to help y'all. And so then I said it to them and then listen to what I had the nerve to say to these people. I was like, and y'all better be praying for a super duper miracle for me because I don't understand <laughs> why God is telling me to bless you when I'm just thinking that it was a blessing for me to meet you in a different context. Like, this is what I said to the people. How crazy is that? Imagine you, God telling you to bless somebody. You go up to them and be like, God told me to bless you and I don't want to. So I thought about Jonah because at the end of the day, that's how Jonah went to Nineveh. <laughs> Jonah was like, God, I'm obeying you because I didn't want to be in the big belly, in the fish, in the big fish belly. But <laughs> I'm here and I'm doing what God says. And this is the thing that God taught me last week. It doesn't even matter the posture of your obedience. God will still bless you because his word can't return void. <laughs> So I've got an attitude like Jonah. Jonah had attitude. And as Jonah is marching through the city of Nineveh, telling them what's going to happen, they're receiving the word, even though his demeanor wasn't right. It just wasn't. So what happens in the book of Jonah is, you know, Nineveh is saved because they go into a place of fasting and praying. Even the leader of Nineveh went into a place of surrender because they were listening to this message from Jonah. And so then Jonah 
after he sees that God is gracious and does what he does for Nineveh, he gets mad and goes outside the city and like is sitting on a hill and God provides this big leaf to shade Jonah. And so he was happy with the big leaf because even though he's sitting there like, mm, they didn't deserve this. I can't even believe that like this is happening for them. God, I knew you were going to do this. I was obedient, but he still got an attitude. What I never really took the time to understand, because I would always say the book of Jonah at the end of it, it like leaves you as a cliffhanger. But it doesn't leave you as a cliffhanger. The, the book of Jonah, it ends where the next morning Jonah wakes up and a worm came and like chewed up the plant. And so his head started getting hot from the sun because the covering wasn't there. And so at the end of Jonah, this is what it says in the fourth chapter. And starting at the fifth verse, this is what it says in the NIV translation. It says, Jonah went out and sat down in a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a vine, made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the vine so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, this is, this is the big piece. God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. Jonah was really dramatic, like seriously, like a drama, drama mama. He said, but the Lord said, you have been given, you have been concerned about this vine. No, it says you have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and then died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? And so when I was reading that today, what it was showing me was, is that even in that last part of the book of Jonah, it's not a cliffhanger because it doesn't really matter what happened to Jonah after the experience with the vine. It was a, a parable. It was an example of saying, like, just like you cared about yourself and you said you cared about this vine because it protected you and you did nothing for it. I care about you enough to give you shelter. So why would I not care about this hundred and what did it say? 120,000 people. Why would I not care about them? And so when I was thinking about that, what God was showing with me and sharing with me was, you know, as we go through life, if there is a symbol of a Nineveh, meaning that if there is some area that God is calling you out to be obedient and to be a blessing in that area, it's not for you to judge whether they deserve your obedience. What you really need to understand is that your disobedience has an impact more than just you. Sometimes you may not recognize it, but sometimes God will show it to you. And this was in the Old Testament. So let's fast forward to the New Testament with God's unmeasurable grace. 
that we also did nothing to deserve. Yet Jesus died for us. And God gives us undeserving grace every single day simply by allowing you to inhale the breath in your lungs. Which if that didn't mean anything to anybody, it should mean more to you today than ever in this pandemic where there are people who would love to just, just breathe and they can't. And some of us can't get out of the belly of the big fish because we're so consumed with our stuff that we don't realize that to much that's given, much is required. And your much isn't defined by what you think your much is. Your much is given means that there is somebody that God wants you to serve more in an area of pain in your life. If you lack something, then you need to serve and pour into that space because where you are with it might be further along than somebody else that's looking to you and saying, you know what, God put this person on my mind and for some reason we can't connect and maybe the disconnect is disobedience. So let me fast forward because we don't have all day. So finally Saturday, I was sitting there in my quiet time and this is what I said. I was, I have been in the belly of the big fish and in the belly of the big fish, it's a whole lot of stuff that happens. Like you go through frustration because you're like, I'm not getting results that I want or nobody really cares about me or I'm working harder than everybody and I don't see any results. And so Saturday, I was no longer in that space, even though I had just talked about on Thursday and Friday, accepting the will of God. I guess I was speaking it, but I needed to behave like I believed it. And so accepting the will is making a decision to surrender. Accepting the will is making a decision to surrender your agenda for his agenda. Your yes is on the table. Amen. It is done. That's what I did Saturday. I literally wrote it down. I wrote a list of things that I said, God, I surrender. I submit. I'm done. You're going to have to deal with it because I can't even do it. Like there's nothing else I can do. Like every situation, I have been fighting this battle and there's nothing else that I can do. So I surrender it all to you and I'm accepting your will no matter what it is, even if the outcome is not what I want. Hear that. I surrender and accept the will of God, even if the outcome is not what I want. So then I went around my day. Just saying, I ain't even dealing with none of that stuff. I had some other work I had to do and I was working on that work. And I got an unexpected miracle. And I'm not going into the details of the miracle because I feel like sometimes that distraction will distract. But I will say that it was exceedingly and abundantly in an area that I had a need in that I didn't realize was the foundation of my frustration of all the things I had on the list. And that unexpected miracle helped me to realize something. The thing that makes me normally say, hmm, is I said, thank you, God, amen. And so what I realized is that I thought I had went to Nineveh to do what I was supposed to do, but it wasn't necessarily that I had, not until Saturday. I mean, I went to Nineveh, but I was like on the hill, I guess is what I was saying at that point on Saturday. Like I was just frustrated with my circumstances. And I'm like, I'm being obedient, God, and I'm doing what I believe that you're calling me to do, but I'm frustrated in my circumstances. 
Anybody frustrated in your circumstances when you think that you're doing what God is calling you to do and it seems like everybody's reaping the benefit of you helping them, but like you're not getting the benefit of what you think that you deserve for your area and your stuff? I would say give me a number one, but there's some technical stuff with Facebook and all these places. So I can't even ask for you to respond. But if this is resonating with you after this session, or maybe you can't go ahead and put a comment. I don't know. Yep, this is me. You're just so frustrated with your stuff right now that you can't even see that God is really working it out in your obedience because you haven't submitted or surrendered enough. And so when I look at the end of Jonah, I pray that he got the note that it was showing that, you know what, you be obedient and I will take care of you. But if you can't get that memo and you can't get that right now, I'm telling you that your disobedience could be blocking your blessing today. Your disobedience or your posture to saying that I laid it at the foot of the cross, but you're still holding on to it. Because you're not really for real, for real giving up. You're just praying these sophisticated prayers that we talked about last week. Like you're not surrendering to his way. And what God had to show me is, Latasha, stop saying what you're doing. Even today, if I was being fully transparent, I'm like, I ain't even doing this thing in the morning anymore. For what? Like nobody shows up at 645, maybe one, maybe two people. But at the end of the day, most people watch it on the replay. If they do, I don't know. And I still don't know what he's going to have me do with this 645 thing in the morning. Because I was saying, if I was advising me, (laughs) I probably was saying to me, like, what are you doing? And then I had to remember, like, what I do in obedience is bigger than me. Again, still don't know what he's going to have me do, because this week is a week of complete surrender. Like, that's my whole agenda for this week is surrender and realizing that I have the power to choose like that. That is my posture for this week. And so some of us need to surrender. We need to surrender. And I mean, for real surrender, like lay it at the cross and just spend time with God hearing from God. And if he makes you do an about face, if he makes you throw all the years of work away and says, I want you to restart. Like I'm that open to God right now. Whatever he speaks to my heart for these next few days, like, I just got to be open to that because my resistance and me thinking I'm on the right path, if it's not producing results, like, that's not how God works. How do you know, Latasha? Because in 2002, when I quit that job, thinking I was going to be a business owner, but I was really a sophisticated hustler that did anything for a dollar that was legal, there was no fruit. There was no evidence that that was what I was supposed to do. It was really like a six-year preparation to go back into the workforce with my head not held high, but a place of humility. Because I was like, God, I thought I heard from you in 2002 at 5.30 in the morning on October 15th. And for six years or seven years, however many years it was, I was just hustling 
only to not have an outcome. I was like, you know what God showed me this week is that I'm stubborn. Like I get stuck on my stuff and I got a whole bunch of scriptures to co-sign on the crazy thoughts in my mind. And maybe that's why you're not having results. Because you know just enough word and scripture. You have just enough conversations to justify how you're doing the road of insanity, meaning that you keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results because your imposter syndrome will not allow you to let go and to go for greater because you're stuck in your stuff. I'm speaking to you and I'm speaking from my heart this morning. Like you could be the holdup. Either you're on the bottom of the boat like Jonah in a deep sleep thinking it's okay and everything is exploding around you and you don't even know because no one's had the courage to wake you up and say to you to your face, you are the reason that our lives are imploding or exploding all around. Did you not realize like all this crazy is happening? Because you're in a deep sleep and dreaming as if the way you're going to make sense. Or maybe you're in the space where you have been surrendering and gone to Nineveh and you're helping other people, but you're still stuck on you being mad, being dramatic, maybe not as dramatic as Jonah, I'd rather die. But maybe you're so frustrated with other people being blessed because of your obedience with them that you can't even understand what God really wants to do for you and through you that you get the benefit of the blessing. So Saturday was a reminder. I just think every now and then we need a wake up call. And I was, thank you, God. I was like, hmm, thank you, God. Like this truly was an Isaiah 55, eight and nine. I wasn't expecting it. And it was, it, when I say exceedingly and abundantly, like I literally broke out in praise and my brain was just like, okay, like, thank you, God. Uh, but I still don't know what you want me to do on Monday. And so I'm in surrender zone. I don't know if you want to join me in surrender land. Maybe your life is good. I don't know. Mine right now is a place of shock and awe. I'm just saying, hmm, God, what you doing? What are you doing, God? What are you doing with me? I don't know. I don't want to get in my way. And so the only way I can hear from him authentically and purely is to go into a place of surrender. And that's where I am. So I don't know what these messages are going to be this week. I don't know how often I'm going to show up this week. I don't know what God is going to do with me this week. I have no idea. I appreciate all y'all who do tune in, like Shannon and Idol, and y'all are my faithful too. But I don't know. I have no idea. All I'm saying is, hmm, he's got me saying, hmm, I don't know, God. I don't know. But I don't want to be Jonah on the hill because I really feel like up until Saturday, I was literally Jonah on the hill with the plant that shriveled up in the heat. And it's not that I said I wanted to die, but I do want to say I said I surrender and I'm done. <laughs> like I worked too hard to not have any outcomes. Like I'm done. So now I'm like, whatever you want me to do, God, it might look crazy to the world, but I'm going to trust you. Because what he reminds me always is my biggest blessings always come in a space of surrender. Always, always goes back to that Latasha 1159.59. Part of that word is I have given up, not why will, but your will be done because <laughs> I'm done. 
I just want to surrender it all to you. If I was if I could sing, I would say I surrender all. That's a great song. Anyways, um, enough of this today. I think hopefully you go back and read the book of Jonah that it gives you revelation. If you are a person that's either headed to Tarshish on a boat sleeping in the belly of the big fish, or you have been obedient begrudgingly, wherever you are in the story of Jonah, I pray that it blesses you today. Go back and read it. Literally, it is like, I don't even know if I did a word check, it should take you not that long, but it should take you long if you really want to hear from the heart space of what is God saying. So before you read the book of Jonah, again, it's in the Old Testament, uh, sandwiched between Obadiah and Micah. You can use the table of contents. Read the book of Jonah and ask God to speak to your heart and say, God, where am I in the process? If I'm not getting the results of my life, but others around me, whenever I'm obedient, they seem to get the benefit. And I'm so stuck and mad about them getting benefits on my labor. Um, Show me where I am in the process so that I can surrender my will to your way and be the best version of who you've called and created me to be. That's my word for y'all today. So dear God, we thank you for the book of Jonah. We thank you for allowing us to see where we are in the process of truly being obedient and disciplined to all that you're calling us to. And so, God, I pray that in the process of surrender, you open our eyes, you take the scales off our eyes, kind of like you did when you were converting Saul to Paul. Like, take the blinders off so that we can see the way in your will for our lives and how we should live that out in our coming and our going so that we can have peace beyond all all understanding for real, for real. And we can stand in awe, stand in awe of all that you're doing. So we surrender. We thank you. We give you all the praise in Jesus name today. Amen. Amen. Be blessed, everybody. See you again when I see y'all. Bye-bye.